Welcome y bienvenidos to Presently Aquí with Claudia, an insightful mindfulness podcast to help you discover ways to control your thoughts, emotions, fears, and essentially mastering self-love. Hi everyone and welcome to Presently Aquí with Claudia. I am Claudia, your host. And Presently Aquí is a community of healers from around the world that come together and share their remarkable story of their path to self-discovery and self-love and hopes to empower and inspire your path to self-discovery and self-love. And as you know, I get always excited to have a guest. So today, super duper, even more excited, I have Carly with us today. Hi, Goddess. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Claudia. Yes, of course. And Carly is a strength, nutrition, and health behavior change coach, a dog mom, avid skier, amateur baker, which we will talk about, (laughs) (laughs) and constantly evolving human. As a coach, she's most passionate about helping people find the version of fitness that they're excited to incorporate into their lives. She also works full-time as a strength and conditioning coach in the South Bay of San Francisco and is the owner and head coach of her own online coaching company called Moxie Barbell. Yay! Yeah, super fun stuff. (laughs) Super fun. Yeah, I remember the the baking conversation we had. That was phenomenal. Yeah. So we'll definitely dive into that later, Uh, but before we begin our conversation, per usual, we're going to take three deep breaths together. Um, If you're driving, please do this later or after when you're home. Um, In the meantime, we're going to close our eyes or lay your eyes somewhere comfortably low where you don't have a distraction. And the first deep breath we're going to take together is for you to settle into your body. So we're going to take a deep breath. Feel what it's like to be in your body. And the next deep breath we're going to take, we're going to feel what it's like in our minds. To just sense what's going on, possibly lots of thoughts, and that's okay. And the next deep breath we're going to tap into our hearts. And maybe we'll get quiet enough to hear what it has to say. Maybe one last breath to incorporate all three and just appreciate all three and who we are today. Mm. That's always so nice. Yeah, very calming. What a great way to start the show. Yes, so that way we'll, it's about erasing what we had prior to this and then we can start fresh and the listener can also be fresh and listening to what we have to share today. Love it. All right, amazing. So um, we're going to get it right straight into it. Uh, Carly, my dear, what are some of the challenges you face on your path to self-discovery? Yeah, it's a big question. Um, mm-hmm. A long answer. The short answer is a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I think the the way that I'll explain it today is there's two kind of diverging paths and I think main mm. challenges that I've had, but they unify together in one overarching theme, which is that mm. up until very recently, I have really struggled to figure out what makes me happy, who I mm. am individually outside of what other people's expectations are of me. Um, And that's been a really hard journey that I've taken over the last couple of years. And ultimately the thing that has really been the catalyst that's gotten me to the place that I'm in today. Um, But I'll kind of take it way back for you, but I'm I'm a very type A person, always have been, like from the day that I was born pretty much. And I got bullied a lot when I was Mm. younger in middle school. I think middle school is not a very fun time for a lot of people. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had kind of what you would call the quintessential mean girls experience, the type of Mm. vibe where I would sit down at a lunch table and everybody would get up and leave, where I would come home very, very upset pretty Mm. much every day. And that, I I hate how much it still impacts me. I hate that those 
people and those experiences have had such a lasting impact on my life. But the reality is that it did affect my confidence tremendously and my sense of self. And I think that that's a big reason why I really came to rely a lot on external validation for myself to feel okay. And there's only so long that you can go by deriving your sense of self-confidence by the way that others perceive you because it's a pretty exhausting game to play. Um, but I played it really, really well for a really long time. Um, I had the, you know, the picture in my head that if I did all of the right things and I followed the right path and I went point A to point Z, that eventually I would do those things, tick, 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 and then at the end mm. of that path, I would be happy and then mm. spoiler alert I got to the end of the path and I wasn't so I'll <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah that's where it goes to but I'll take you back like I alluded to earlier there's kind of two multifaceted sides to it there's again speaking mm. from my perspective as now a strength and nutrition coach there's the yeah. piece of me really struggling with my role of athleticism and how that played mm. into body confidence and then yeah. the other big part of it was my school journey and then ultimately how that yeah. played into my career trajectory so is there one side you'd rather me start with over the other? Oh, well, I wanted to get into this mean girl situation. <laughs> sure. Happy to start there. Because <laughs> I've been there as well. And uh, the only reason I want to tackle this because yeah. confidence is such a big, important aspect that we all struggle with. Um, and that's the solar plexus, right? That solar plexus chakra. And um, the reason I want to, I really want to tackle this because um, when we're unable to heal that chakra then it's hard for us to get to the most important one the heart chakra right um so in that in that space for you because i i've also struggled with that in in high school um you up to you said up to now that you still kind of struggled with that right it kind of just stayed yeah, with not, you yeah it's not that i struggled with bullying up until where i'm mm-hmm, at now mm-hmm. but more right. of the lasting impacts of what that did right. for my confidence and the way yeah. that i related to others it very much left me in a place where i felt yeah. like the okay i'm the only like linking factor here that if I keep going into these different groups and I keep experiencing all of these issues then the only thing that explains that is me and so it Mm. made me feel like I wasn't good enough like I was doing something Mm -hmm. wrong like I needed to change like the way that I was there was something basically defective about that and that played a really big role in my sense of confidence in social situations my sense of confidence in who I felt like I authentically was because I felt Mm -hmm. like I'm in these situations and I'm just being me and it's not Mm -hmm. being well received so it made me feel like I had to start putting on this facade and just doing what other people wanted me to do because that was the only way for me to avoid the tremendous amount of pain that that social Mm. isolation caused right people pleasing yeah exactly Uh, big 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 deal yes huge people pleaser yeah Mm -hmm. and did that carry over into college like where did the awareness kick in where you you saw that you know having that reflection right seeing and be like oh wait it's because of this it's not really me yeah so I've, as a result of this, I'm very lucky that mental health um, and like mental health care has been a really big part of my life since I was a little Mm. kid. Um, Mm. My parents put me in therapy when I was 12 when I was going through this and so I started to have that but it really wasn't until my relationship with my current therapist where he Mm -hmm. really started to turn that back on me and we really started to have more of those conversations around the people pleasing and the implications of that but the Mm. implications of how it was affecting my life I think I always knew I'm I like to think I'm pretty self-aware and Mm. I've always known implicitly that I really craved validation from others Mm. it happens Mm. a lot like even when I know in my bones I have a good idea or I'm proud of something that I did I don't feel good about it until somebody else confirms that it was a good idea and again that felt like a crutch but it didn't feel like something that was hugely problematic for me right it wasn't until I started having these conversations in therapy that Mm. I really realized how much I had let that 
guide my entire life. And I think mm. I think talking about that through the lens of how I progressed through school and how I progressed through my career is a pretty good vehicle to explain that because that's yeah. really that's where the pivotal moment comes in for me. Right. And fitness yeah. was the thing that was happening in the background, really the mm. only thing I was clinging to behind the scenes that was keeping me right. level. So, yeah. like I said, I'm a really type A person. Always have yeah. been super quintessential overachiever have been since kindergarten and so I always put a ton of pressure on myself in school Um, and I was a great student and so I again I followed this path of if I get good grades I'll get into a good college Mm -hmm. if I get into a good college I'll get good internships if I get good internships I'll get a good job and if I get a good job I'll make a bunch of money and I'll be happy and that Mm -hmm. was the path that I set out on because it was the path that everybody tells you is the path to success and the prestige and the pride around having Mm -hmm. something like that so I did exactly that I got straight A's I graduated high school you know top 12 I think in my class I went to a great university I had stellar internships graduated Mm -hmm. magna cum laude and I finished college and I had a job offer before my senior year to go work in financial mm. consulting at Ernst & Young. So from the outside looking in, mm. I had what you would completely consider to be the pinnacle of success. Right. I had everything right. that I had ever worked for and mm. I was on this path where I wasn't particularly happy the whole time I was on it. Don't get me wrong, I loved college, had the best experience, but it wasn't like I was hugely passionate about what I was doing. I double majored in economics and psychology because I didn't really know what else I wanted to do, but I felt safe being not Mm. as happy in those roles because it was finite. I felt like, oh, I'm not necessarily supposed to be happy here. This is the Mm. means to the end. Mm. If I do this now, Mm -hmm. then I'll get to the end goal and then I'll be happy. And so I found myself in this job at EY as a financial consultant commuting Mm -hmm. into the city every single day on the train. And I got to this pinnacle and spoiler alert, I was miserable. I am not meant to be sitting behind a desk all day, crunching numbers, not talking to people. And that realization hit me like a ton of bricks because, Mm -hmm. again, it was okay in the past because it was finite. But now it's no longer finite. This Mm -hmm. is just your Mm -hmm. life now. This is just what you do. And I'm here and now I'm floundering. And you couple that with my lack of confidence. I mean, I didn't think I was very good at my job. I didn't like my job. So I didn't want to go the above and beyond extra mile to become really good at it outside of work. I had a tremendous (laughs) Mm -hmm. amount of imposter syndrome. And I felt like everybody else around me also didn't love it, but they were doing a Mm -hmm. much better job of faking it than I was. And I am not a good faker. I'm very transparent. I'm very where my emotions on my sleeve. And so that was the point where I really started to struggle. Um, But that was really where that sense of people pleasing led me on that entire journey. Mm -hmm. It was because other people told me, if you do this, this, and this, well, then you'll be happy. And since I had had Mm -hmm. these experiences growing up where doing what I was doing my own way didn't make me happy, I trusted Mm -hmm. that if I did what everybody else wanted me to do, and if they were proud of me, well, then it would automatically carry over, and then, awesome, I'd see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that would be that. Yeah, and the and the thing is about the whole entire goal that you explain, like you do this and then you do this and you do this. The goal there is that you will be validated, but amounts of people should be surrounding you. Like, yay, she did that and she did this and go Carly. And that's and, and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are out there pursuing that same path. The rat race. Not real, <laughs> right, the rat race, yeah. not realizing that it's coming from a survivor traumatic space of yeah. not having, you know, the confidence, having, you know, the people pleasing, being wanting to be validated. And I think we've all been there. Uh, I've had the, the validation, like wanting to be validated. And, uh, you know, then you realize where it comes from. But we all come into that space. And I feel that um, people in their in their early 20s, like maybe the late teens, like going, going to college, if we all knew that we're all kind of struggling from the same traumatic space, yeah. we wouldn't be so hard on each other and kind of have more compassion towards each other and kind of embrace that space. But that's in a perfect world, in a different lifetime maybe. <laughs> but 
you know, it, it, I'm glad you, you really talked on that because it's important for, I'm sure there's somebody out there like, oh, yeah, that's where I am. And it's like, oh, then you'll have your realizations of, like, I'm so unhappy. You know, you're not the first person who has come on here and talked. My previous career was in the corporate setting, whatever industry it was, until I had this epiphany moment, which is why my second question is always, what was the pivotal moment, right? Because there is something that happens, and then you become this healer, and it's kind of remarkable. Obviously, there are some that are just always been in that space, but for the most part, I would say 80% of the people that have come on have the same story. Yeah. So, and, the, and I love that because there are so many people in the rat race, right? And feeling like they're drowning, right? You're just forever trying to swim to the top and you can't seem to grasp your way up there because that's not your space. Yeah. And the thing was, as you said, you know, once you get there, you should have had all of these people kind of piling around you and saying how proud they were and that validation Mm -hmm. should have given me what I needed and in the past it had in every other situation people rallying around me and being proud of me for the grades and proud of me for the internships and proud of me for everything else that worked to fill my cup up enough that I could kind of suppress the fact that Mm. I didn't feel personally fulfilled by it and it wasn't that this situation was different and that I didn't have people rallying around me and telling me how proud they were of me I absolutely Mm. did Um, everybody was I mean my parents will still tell you how proud they were to say that their daughter was going to work at EY and that she graduated mm-hmm. magna cum laude and all of these mm-hmm. things but this was the first time that it wasn't enough for it to quiet my own internal voice and that was the pivotal moment I wish I could say that I made the change at that point but I definitely I can't say that I made the change right then right right because I mean but even having the awareness yeah. right because it's such a different space from where you're currently then, right, back then, that space to your realization. And you're like, okay, well, what do I do with this? And then how do I do anything to move towards that? Uh, what does that look like? And then also releasing that safety. Yeah. I have a great job. I have all this stuff. And, and I'm going to shift here. Yeah, and it wasn't, when I was there, there wasn't even a question in my head of, oh, I'm going to shift here. And to give you a little Mm -hmm. bit of background of how fitness even starts to play a role in this, so if I kind of rewind backwards again to being a little kid, Mm -hmm. so I mean, athletics have played a really big role in my life since I was very, very small. My dad was a competitive athlete, and so athletics were something that were really important to our family growing up. We were always playing sports in the front yard, and it's some of my fondest memories with him. Um, But so I started gymnastics as a toddler and became Mm -hmm. a competitive gymnast and that was a huge part of my life from the time I was two or three until the time I was I think 12 or 13 I was a state champion gymnast I was in the gym four or five nights a week for two plus hours a night fitness was a thing in my life that I always took for granted because it was just it was Mm. the team activity it was what I did and then when I eventually stopped doing gymnastics when I was like I said about 13 years old and that came from honestly stress I started getting (laughs) stress migraines whenever I would go to practice I stopped loving it it was my body's way of telling me you can't put this much kind of pressure on yourself anymore it's too Uh much and athletics still were in my life I kind of jumped around I played softball and tennis and soccer I was always involved in organized athletics but when I hit high school and I didn't make the high school soccer team I was devastated because it was all those popular girls that had rejected me when I was a kid that now I was Mm -hmm. getting rejected, Mm -hmm. not by them, but I couldn't even be in that circle. And so that was, it pushed me to the other side of the spectrum and I fell out of athletics for a while. And then I got to college having no idea how to incorporate fitness into my life outside Mm -hmm. of just being an athlete. And I started really struggling with my body confidence because I wasn't treating my body very well. I didn't know how to. And um, so I started to get back into fitness, but not until my junior year of high school. And I did it in a way that I think is probably familiar to a lot of women, which was that I was terrified to go into my college gym because there were too (laughs) many guys there and I was afraid of Mm -hmm. getting laughed at. And what if I didn't know what I was doing? I mean, I know I didn't know what I was doing at the time. (laughs) And so I did, you know, 
dragged dumbbells to the corner and jumped around and did burpees and jump squats and lunges and all kinds of other stuff that I really didn't like. But I started yeah. to feel a little bit more like me. I started to get into a little mm-hmm. bit more of a groove, mm-hmm. but definitely took it to a very obsessive place. And again, this comes back mm-hmm. to my very type A personality. Right. It was right. all or nothing. So I jumped into fitness and it became very restrictive diets, very intense gym regimens and no mm-hmm. fun, no nothing in between. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my senior year of college when I met my who's now my husband his name's Michael I'll refer to him probably a few times because he plays a pretty big role in mm-hmm. the transition to health and fitness but yeah. we became really good friends and he was training for an Ironman and so I asked him hey can I come to the gym with you and will you show me how to how to lift basically right. and that right. gave me the confidence to be able to go almost like I had the permission from somebody else mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I could take up some of that space and right. that was when I started to fall down that rabbit hole and so behind the scenes as I was really struggling with my sense of self in my senior year of college and going off to this job that I knew I wasn't that passionate about and ultimately starting this career fitness became the thing behind the scenes that made me feel the most like myself that was the thing that I was the most proud of and it was the first time in my life that I felt empowered to focus on what my body could do instead of Mm -hmm. what it looked like and that Mm -hmm. transformation Mm -hmm. was huge for me and I completely fell in love with it and paradoxically this was probably one of the first things in my life that people didn't approve of because I was lifting heavy and I'm sure any women out there that are in strength sports or that go to the gym and lift I'm sure you've heard a million times don't lift too heavy you're gonna get bulky and that's what I heard from my parents and from friends and from family or that I'm gonna get injured or I'm gonna look like a man and this was the first time that I said you know what I actually don't care what you think I Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. this I'm not stopping this this is my favorite thing in the entire world this is the only thing that's giving me any sense of identity and pride and Mm -hmm. joy Mm -hmm. and I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym before I get on the train to go into the city that's how important it is to me so that's where it started to play that really really big role in my life and it's the thing that I really credit for keeping me going in the background and giving me something to keep me grounded to when kind of everything else was crashing and burning (laughs) yeah no it's important it's funny how you're talking about a body image right like first you're like I'm worried about the body image and then you got so into it and then people are placing more body image <laughs> issues yeah. on you. Like, you can't win. But it's good. <laughs> right. You can't win. Like, I'm, you either want to, you're like, want to look like a model, and then you fall in love with it, and it just becomes a, a, a passion. And then everyone outside is like, well, you're going to look like a man. Well, you're going to this and this and that. And, and then it's like, what the? <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you, what do I do? And, um. But I do think that was the start Uh for me of starting to, it was the first thing I ever did for myself and not for external validation. It was the first time that I followed my own path and not the path that other people had set for me. And honestly, saying it out loud right now is probably the first time I've reflected on it in that very specific way, the role that it played for me there, because I've always thought of it really as the role that it played in keeping me sane behind the Mm -hmm. scenes with everything Mm -hmm. else that was going on Mm career-wise, but Mm -hmm. that was where the fire got lit for I really started to know that was the thing I was passionate about. That was the thing that I loved, that I Mm -hmm. would research and nauseam, talk about constantly, and just could not shut up about. Right, and that's how you know that's your passion, right? When you just can't stop talking about it. It's not even about doing it, you just can't stop talking about it and then by doing so, you're just embodying these aspects of your passion more and more and more. Um, so it's important to have a safe space to talk about these things, right? Yeah. Because also the opposite can occur where you find a passion and then there's no one around you to listen. Yeah. And you, you kind of have to shrink yourself and keep it to yourself because people don't understand. So I'm glad you brought that up. So that way the listener understands like, hey, don't stop because maybe people around you don't understand or just have a different view of their, because everybody has an opinion on your life. But your opinion of yourself is the most important. And if there's something out there that you truly love and and just want to do, just do it. Because, you know, you know, luckily for for us, we're not going to be 100 and just be like, I should have 
Yeah. Right? Exactly. And now it's it's more like, no, I'm so happy I did. And for anyone pursuing any passion, do it because, you know, it's all coming from ex- from experience from everyone who comes on here and talks like, I'm so happy that I gave up X, Y, Z to do me and yeah. anything that encompassed that space for me. Right? For sure. Mm-hmm. So as you're not falling in love with a different view of of working out, right? Because it's not the body image. Now you're understanding what the body can do. For sure. Which is, I always thought, because I'm only 4'11", mm-hmm. and I thought if I was at least 5'8", like Amazonian <laughs> tall woman, what I wouldn't do. Like, because wh- I already had the same feeling, like what I wouldn't do Yeah. F- to like have this like full body and just be completely... I, I, I'm obsessed with Wonder Woman. But, yeah, having that Amazonian, like, just working out, yeah. to, it's about how what the body can do. I want to know what that what it looks like, right? Not yeah. to say that 4'11", you can't. No, definitely not. Can. I'm only 5'2", <laughs> so I'm not that far ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, so there's also the, the Bruce Lee, right? Bruce Lee wasn't tall, but he, he showed us what the body can do, right? It doesn't yeah. matter how. And to be honest, I will say shorter people tend to have an advantage when it comes to strength because your mm. levers are a little bit different than somebody who's a lot taller. So your ability to really move heavy weight, just the way that force is applied to the body relative to where it is in space, tends to be benefited uh, to the benefit a lot of shorter people. The taller people get so frustrated by like the length of their femurs, for example, and how much right. harder it makes it for them to squat versus somebody like sure. you or I who's a lot shorter. So there are some some good benefits that come with it, I will say. I appreciate that because <laughs> I'm going to be like, ooh. Yeah, because I'm actually coming back into working out myself because I, I was in a car accident last year. Oh, no. Almost a year ago. Uh, the car hit my body. I was crossing the street. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, girl. Yeah, and I was like, I was working out six times a week. I did three times high intensity and three times yoga interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday was off day. Uh, but I was, uh, you know, I loved how it felt. And, and obviously the result is the plus. Um, but I, 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 I couldn't do any of that until yeah. I started healing. And now I'm finally doing yoga. This is my first week that I'll be doing it three times a week. That's oh, all congrats. I've been doing. That's awesome. Yeah. And then eventually I'll add on the high intensity if I see a chiropractor once a month and, um, you know, getting better and better as I go and having the patience is a big deal, right? Because yeah. you get so accustomed, right, that the body, you're working it out and the body loves it and now it's in a space where it's now the mind wanting to do and the body's like, I can't. Yeah. And your mind is like, but can we? Like, I miss that and, and this and that. And your body's like, shh. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> Fitness is a long game. What I the way that mm-hmm, I coach mm-hmm. now and I'm sure we'll get to this in a little while, yeah. but the, the journey that I took has informed a lot of the way that I coach, but fitness is a long mm-hmm. game. It's all about what can you do consistently. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you took a little bit of time to at least listen to your body because it will mm-hmm. definitely serve you better now as yes. you get back into it because it'll help you be more consistent. Right. And ultimately, mm-hmm. that's what's going to help you be the healthiest for the longest amount of time. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that from your expertise. (laughs) (laughs) So um, now that you're, you know, finding out, right, that you love what your body does. Yeah. What is the path next? Like, how does this lead into, um, you know? For sure. Mm -hmm. So I made it at EY for six months. Um, was totally oh, okay. miserable. Like- yeah, not a very long time. <laughs> totally miserable. Realized I couldn't do it anymore. But to be honest with mm. you, I, let's see, I was six months into UI, I was 22 years old. And if you can believe oh, it, wow. I thought yeah. it was too late for me to change careers. I Right? Yeah. Yeah, I the programming is exactly. so deep. This is the path that I was on. This is what I've done. I can't change, but I knew I couldn't do this job anymore. So right. I decided to start looking for other jobs, and I fell into what ultimately became, I still call it my unicorn job. Um, I started working as an account manager for a meal prep delivery service. So it was kind of the mm, best of both mm. worlds. I was still able to lean on my more 
corporate background and you know like I was in a more sales position so I was able to focus on relationship building but it was in the fitness space it was like something I was really passionate about and I loved that job and I I was sitting there I was like oh my god this is the answer I perfect I was able to merge everything that I wanted Mm -hmm. and then six months later three days after I got married the company went out of business um Uh. so the rug got totally ripped out from under me again um and that was also really hard because again I had just gone on this whole journey there was this big self-discovery moment I thought I Mm. figured it out only for the universe to politely or impolitely laugh in my face um and then there was a lot of other personal stuff happening behind the scenes between getting married and moving in together Mm. and then COVID happened um Mm. and ultimately we I had to find another job and so I fitness again still wasn't a thing I thought I could do now it's six months later I'm 23 so now reinforce the fact that I still think it's too late for me to make a change and at this point I'm moving from the east coast out to California so I'm in a little bit of a time crunch need to find a job and so I find a sales job at a smaller company I rationalized to myself okay well I like relationship building I like sales Mm. it's a smaller company I'll be fine I'll have more of a voice at a fashion Mm. company which to be honest, had no interest in. So I made it there six months, really toxic work environment, really disliked the role, really yeah. struggling with mental health and anxiety. So then I pivoted to another sales job at another startup, again, convincing myself, well, I like the team, I like the dynamic, this one will be a lot better. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. So I made it six months in the sales role there before switching to another job on that team, this time in um, operation. So I did lean manufacturing warehouse optimization for secondhand e-commerce, which is a mouthful and not all that Mm -hmm. exciting. And then, (laughs) yeah, made it there about another six months before ultimately having a complete mental breakdown is really what it came to. I was in therapy this whole time, um, but I just started to get to the point where I was waking up with such crippling anxiety, realizing Mm. that I was going to have to sit behind my desk for eight plus hours and Mm. stare at spreadsheets and crunch Mm -hmm. numbers and talk Mm -hmm. about things that I couldn't care less about Mm -hmm. and that I couldn't do it for another day. And that was the turning point. It was, let's see, one, two, three, four, five jobs in about three and a half, four years and just anxiety, anxiety, anxiety for me to figure out, okay, something has to change. And that was really where the big pivotal moment started was in job number five. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm glad that you brought up the crippling anxiety because I am sure there are so many people at their jobs with that crippling anxiety and not knowing why. Why do I can't go to work tomorrow? I just don't know why. I just can't sit here. Yeah. And that's, was, that's, the act, that's the invitation, right? For it was the to, Sunday scaries, mm-hmm. but also the Monday scaries and the Tuesday scaries and the Wednesday <laughs> scaries. It was the everyday yes. scaries. And it was yeah, just, it was day. waking up. And the first thought mm-hmm. that I would have in my head when I woke up in the morning was, I am dreading what I have to do all day. Yeah. And to wake yeah. up and feel a sense of dread every day, nobody wants yeah. to wake up like that. And no. nobody should wake up like that honestly and I convinced myself again for a long time that Mm -hmm. that was normal because again like my frame of reference here is talking to my parents a lot who come from a generation Mm -hmm. of well you have one job and you do that job it pays the bills it doesn't matter if you like it you just do it you have passions outside of that and I struggled with that so much the idea Mm -hmm. of what you just work non-stop mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and you're miserable mm-hmm. and you do that mm-hmm. so you can have mm-hmm. two days off a week and three yes. weeks of vacation a year that's yeah I, I think the exact phrase that I used was that's a scam <laughs> it is a scam it is absolutely a scam a scam away from yourself right because it's all about not going within and discovering who you are so you can contribute to the world in your most amazing self and yeah. that it is a scam and all this there are so many people that, you know, I think the pandemic really highlighted your job. If you did not like it, if you didn't know then, you knew at the pandemic sure that did. that was a, That was not a it. No, and that was not it. And and so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, everyone who saw that during the pandemic has led themselves into a better space and not force, right? Because the blue collar, you know, that generation, like you're saying, like it, it is that, you know, my grandparents are that space and 
my grandfather was just like, you just go to work, you just do it. Just do it. And you just, you have to provide for your family. There's no other choice. And, you know, we have the luxury to have the choices because they let the space where we can see like, oh, well, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I can't sit here and just force myself because mental breakdowns do happen and they're real. And it's a big, big deal when they come is for you to listen, right? And realize, like, what is it? Where is this coming from? Why do I have that the, the Monday blues, Tuesday blues, all the blues? Because this isn't for me. What yeah. is for me, right? Yeah, and that was when I realized it was fitness. That was, again, still the thing yeah. behind the scenes yeah. and all of that. Through every job, yeah. through every hurdle, through every anxious mm-hmm. morning, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. still me waking up every single day with my husband, going to the gym first thing before work, that being my point of sanity. And so mm-hmm. when I hit that that mental breakdown, that was really when I had the shift of, okay, I can't just make another half-assed pivot here and just move mm-hmm. to another job that I'll stick at for six months. I need to make a really substantial change. And so mm-hmm. while I was still working my job, I went and I got myself certified. And I knew a lot at this point because now, like I said, I had fallen down the fitness rabbit hole for the last five years or so. Right. Five years or so. I had been, I was a competitive power lifter. I had done mm-hmm. every fad diet, found my way into macro tracking and more sustainable approaches to eating so I had really used myself as a guinea pig but then I went Mm -hmm. and actually started you know backing up the bullshit with some actual (laughs) certain like degrees and knowledge and once I did that I then started to have a couple of friends who asked me if you know I would coach them and I was like yeah I'm definitely not a professional at this but I can do that Mm -hmm. and um So I was doing that, and um, once I got myself certified, I took the really scary step. I quit my full-time, cushy corporate job with benefits, and I went and I got a full-time job working as an in-person trainer at a gym. I really wanted that experience. I wanted to work hands-on with people, Mm -hmm. but also, again, the part of me that is risk averse I knew I wasn't just going to jump in and start my own business right off the bat there's no way that was going to be sustainable that that was going to be profitable right away so that job is really serving as my financial backbone while I did figure out really what I wanted to do and that's ultimately when I decided to start Moxie Um, so I started the business just about a year ago I incorporated it But man, it took me months to even settle on a name, to sign up for my first free webinar, to incorporate, because any of those things were so scary, because it felt Mm -hmm. like me actually committing to the idea that I was abandoning that life that I thought Mm. I was going to have, and turning to this whole totally new thing. But man, was that the best thing that I ever did. And so yeah, I've been now working full time as a trainer for about, gosh, probably 15 months now. And I officially incorporated Moxie about a year ago and started launching to the public about eight, nine months ago. And it's been hard. It's been scary. It's been stressful. But man, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I, for the first time in my life, wake up every single day genuinely grateful and genuinely excited to do what I get to do and I think having the background that I do and knowing what the alternative is knowing that what I could be doing every single day when I wake up it makes the hard days a little bit easier because at least it makes me realize well I choose this hard over that other kind of hard absolutely absolutely it's so important to say um because a lot of people are discouraged to start their own business because it is a lot of work but the commitment is to yourself right yeah. and, and showing yourself like i can do this i believe in myself and and against all the trauma and the survivor and the fears and it's just prove to yourself that you can and just push through it and then when you look back right this is you now like I had the business. I followed myself, my dream, yeah. my passion. And now I wake up and I'm just like, okay, who, who am I coaching today, right? Who am I, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't me wrong. It definitely hasn't been easy. It's still mm-hmm. not easy, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm still in 
relatively early stages when it comes to owning a business and man if I knew how hard it was gonna be when I started Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have actually done it I think I was so naive when I started I was in such a unhappy place that I went oh I'm just gonna train some clients online how how hard can that be yeah Right. Hard. Um, I, Hard. I didn't have any <laughs> systems. I didn't know how I was going to get right. paid. I didn't know how I was going to communicate with anybody, how I was going to mark. I didn't have any processes. Right. So looking back on it now, it's kind of funny, but I think that naivety was a bit of a blessing in disguise because yeah. if I had known yeah. all of the pieces going into it, I think the fear of failure and all mm-hmm. of the like the things that I had looming over me from my past about am I good enough can I do this is anybody right. gonna listen is anybody gonna right. care that might have won but because I thought yeah. oh this is just a simple thing I'm gonna do mm-hmm. and I have this other job that's going to help me make that a little bit less scary I took the leap without even really realizing what I was yeah. doing and now I know now I have full transparency and you know I have a better mm-hmm. handle on it now and like I said I'm still incredibly grateful for it but it's for sure been a journey and it it still is and will remain to be (laughs) for sure and what we don't talk about enough is that transitional moment where you you let go of all the safety yeah however that looks for you and shift into a space that you've never been and be a person that you've never been before right And, and and not and not know what that Carly is like. What is Carly and her first session? Or, or what is she going to say? A- and just start. And that's bravery. Yeah. That's bravery to step in a space that you've never, ever have done before. And also your parents have never done either, right? So it's just like I'm doing something that I don't, I'm just trusting and yeah. I'm surrendering that it, it is. And Yeah, fingers crossed. And then, <laughs> Right, fingers crossed, and then what ends up happening is like, oh, you, you, it's okay to falter. It's okay to make these mistakes as you're, you're starting your business because you're teaching yourself by falling and making mistakes and then creating that new awareness in yourself of seeing like, okay, next time I coach the next person, I know not to say this or, or maybe I should do this, and it's just – it becomes like you're a sculptor, right? Yeah. You're just like, okay, my first piece didn't work out, but now I know because I know how to use my hands better, or now I know that this technique works, or I know X, Y, Z, or right? So you just start to build a new sense of self-confidence yeah. by giving yourself this gift unbeknownst to yourself at the time. Yeah, and I think even in addition to that too, like the background that I have and the path that I took has informed Mm. so much of the type of coach that I am. I think Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. really have become the type of coach that I wish that I had back when I was at the beginning of this journey. And that's been the coolest thing to see come full circle is the way that I've been able to incorporate it into my business and the types of just mental shift that I've been able to work with it with my clients in addition to those physical shifts I say that you know I call myself a a strength nutrition and health behavior change coach and that's where I really rely on my psychology degree and some of my more specific certifications in mindset and health behavior change to take that more holistic approach but I really work with people on how do we how do we work to change your mindset how do we work Mm -hmm. to change your own sense of Mm self-worth your relationship with your body your relationship with movement your relationship with food if we can change your mindset and the way that we think it's that that ultimately is what leads Mm -hmm. to changes in your body Mm -hmm. instead of just focus on your body we focus on the Mm -hmm. mind and that's what leads to it paying dividends in every other element of your life and that to me is the most fun part and also the most rewarding part because man if I had somebody walking me through that journey and helping me get my head in a better place I wouldn't have had the struggles that I had physically as much because I, one, probably would have been on a better path strength and nutrition-wise without being in such a restrictive place and having such an all-or-nothing mindset, right? So 
I really am so grateful to get to have those experiences now as much as they were not super fun when I was going through them. It gives me a lot of empathy and a lot of experience to be able to coach people in a way Mm -hmm. that really takes their entire life and their very unique circumstances into perspective and then create Mm -hmm. a plan that they can stick with consistently based on the season of life that they're in and based on where they're at and really meeting you where you are right now. Yes. Wait. Yes. <laughs> Very important. Um, so many goodies that you said there was first, um, I, I wish that there was a coach like me. And that space there is important for everybody starting their own business because that is your aspiration. How do I become what I wish is existed? Yeah. That's, that's, that's your open door. Like you're, you get to do that. Yeah. You're the one who gets to bring something new that you wish that person. And that's, you know, I definitely relate to that because I teach mindfulness to children. And everyone's like, oh, I wish I had that as a kid. I'm like, that's why I do it. I know. That was because when you told me that, that was right? what you did. And I saw that on your website. That was exactly what I said. Holy crap. I wish that I had that right. as a kid. What that would have done for me in terms of my own emotional regulation and processing <sighs> would have been a game changer. <laughs> for all of us yeah like yeah I didn't have that it was just like now I'm like oh now it's now but it's just giving yourself a gift because even though um and I'll I'll just use this aspect like even though we didn't have that growing up but what I'm giving it is to my inner child yeah right even though I can't give it to me then I can give it to that space that still needs healing yeah and the same goes for you right the space that you wish you had is now given to you and healing and that's why even though like uh, a lot of people don't incorporate that working out and exercising as healing, it is. It's so healing. Oh my God, it was the only you're thing. It was the only right? thing that kept me sane as I was going through right. everything else right. in my life. It's I really do believe also that taking care of your body is such a proxy for taking care of everything else in your life. When you take care of your physical Mm -hmm. self, it gives you the tools to be able to push through things that are really hard. Like, and it also teaches you discipline and it teaches you all of these other really valuable lessons that again, carry over so much. And it's, it's so corny, but the idea that strength is never a weakness, right? Just being able to Mm -hmm. be independent Mm -hmm. and having longevity and being able to carry those things over the lessons that I learn in the gym of being able to push through really hard yeah. moments man yeah. that stuff has served me so well yeah. in the rest of my life right absolutely and then this is our home yes yeah. this, this is yeah, our you only home. get one it's, of them <laughs> it's only the one yeah so it's important to to have the and I love the the mindset right because and then, then if the mind doesn't know how is it going to take care of this home right so when you shift that and have the understanding to connect one and the two it's it's so important i talk about that too because it's part of right mindfulness being aware it's just awareness of the body and the breath is in the body and the body's always in the present moment yeah fyi for everybody listening um and then just developing the body right because the cells listen to you so if you talk negatively against the vessel it's gonna listen it's gonna be like oh well she doesn't love me so I'm going to get sick <laughs> and show you otherwise what happens when you ignore me, right? And all yeah. this. Um, but wow, what a journey and remarkable that, you know, it's still fresh, right? You're still just having this new business and now coming into yourself, into the butterfly aspect of yourself. Um, it's beautiful to even like have you at this stage. It's, yeah. it's so... Um, refreshing and genuine because that's you you know we all want to be like yeah I've been in this business for 20 years and I'm like uh okay that's cool not saying no but it's nice to have like you just you just come I'm just coming out of it yeah I really I will say the last probably six months have been the real light at the end of the tunnel where I feel like okay, you know what? I think maybe I'm going to be okay. I think Mm -hmm. maybe I've kind of figured this out. Not that I all of a sudden overnight had instant success or anything like that, but more that 
you know what, I feel really confident that this is the path that I'm supposed to be on and that if I keep working really hard and that I keep continuing to be as passionate about this as I am and keep doing it for the right reasons, which for me is waking up every day and being really excited to help people Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. past a place that, again, I wish I had some help getting past myself, then I just feel confident in myself for the first time that that's going to work out or at least that it has to because, again, I know what my alternative is and I'm not really interested Mm -hmm. in going back to it (laughs) yeah I I love the not only like you know the 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 success story but it's more like the success story of your lack of self-worth yeah and now to have it because you gave it to yourself yeah right you you realize like no one's going to give it to me no matter how much validation I get it's just where can I it and you're not even thinking that you're like well how can I give myself the confidence no, back no it's <laughs> so it's so implicit and again so implicit in the self-work that I've done like I have to walk the walk that I you know mm-hmm. again teach clients to do I'm doing that same right. kind of self-work behind the scenes of how can I be yeah. the best version of myself because uh-huh. just like you said your body and your mind are so tied together if we take it just from a stress mm-hmm. perspective everything just boils down to stress yes. your body can't differentiate between mental stress and physical stress and emotional stress it's Mm -hmm. all the same and there's a finite Mm -hmm. amount that it can tackle Mm -hmm. so the same way that when you go to the gym and you work out you're applying a stressor to your body and then you're asking your body to adapt to that stressor and come back stronger if you have a tremendous amount of stress in other areas of your life if you're stressed to the brim at work or in your relationships or anywhere else well then your body doesn't have any more stress to go around and then you can't ask it to perform its best physically so that's Mm -hmm. why I do Mm -hmm. focus is so much on stress management and on your energy mm-hmm. levels and on mindfulness mm-hmm. and those are things that I talk mm-hmm. to clients about when I collect yeah. daily biofeedback we talk right. about how you're sleeping and right. how how much energy you have and mm-hmm. how how much stress you're under and where your motivation yeah. and your perceived effort is it's not just macros and how many days a mm-hmm. week did you train mm-hmm. it's about so much more than that because right. if I don't know the greater context of your life and everything else that's going on behind the scenes then I don't know what kind of a plan you can realistically fit in to that overall picture that part yeah that part right because you can give someone like okay do do these things and this your exercise regimen go and what ends up happening you're you're setting them up for failure yeah right well i can even give you the example from myself like again fitness is such a huge part of my identity Mm -hmm. and before I started working this job like I said I was waking up in the morning every single day and going before work so I was training five days a week no problem but now I start this job and I'm at the gym 6 a.m. to train clients so now morning sessions aren't an option for me and with starting the business I really struggled a lot with prioritizing myself in my own training Mm -hmm. because if I had Mm -hmm. some free time I was always left to choose between going to the gym or doing something for the business and the business was winning a hundred percent of the time and the reality was I had to adjust my expectations and realize that that five day a week two hours in the gym each time training program that fit that old season of life that I was in well that doesn't fit the season of life that I'm in right now when I'm working two jobs and trying to start a business and I have a dog and a husband and all kinds of other things going on so I had to adjust my routine I had to pull myself back from five days down to three days right and sure Mm -hmm. it may not be the most optimal in terms of muscle growth and everything else Mm -hmm. but the best plan for you is the one that you can do consistently and the one you can do consistently is always going to be the one that you can fit into your life and that you're excited to fit into your life so that's what I do is I help people find the plan that they're most excited to fit into their life and that's realistic for the phase that we're in right now and we figure out how do we make the smallest changes that make the biggest possible impact and then people Mm -hmm. see these really big mindset shifts because then they feel empowered instead of feeling Mm -hmm. like a failure because you're trying to do something where the expectations are unrealistic. Well, now you're starting to do something that's actually within the realm of what you can accomplish and then you feel awesome about it and then, wow, now all of a sudden you can do a whole lot more than you might have thought that you could in the past. Absolutely. That's amazing. So, yeah, if you're looking for a personal trainer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Reach out to Carly. Uh, Yes. Um, How did the Moxie name come about? 
Yeah, great question. So like I said, I ruminated on the name for a really <laughs> long time, um, and I played around with it a lot. I knew I wanted to have something in the name with like barbell or strength or fitness mm-hmm. or something like that, but I really didn't know what I wanted to pair it with. And to me, I struggled with moxie. Moxie was this word that I loved. And to me, moxie is like this this spunkiness and this fire mm-hmm. and this vibrancy yeah. and this really, really just kind of cool factor and this excitement mm-hmm. for what you're doing. And that, to me, really summed up a lot of who I was and why I was yeah. doing what yeah. I was doing. But I was nervous about it because everybody my age didn't know what the word moxie right. meant. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I ultimately settled on it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't think of a word that encompasses this better right and the thing Mm -hmm. was I was like you know what even if you don't know what moxie means like it is just a cool sounding word like the way it it rolls off the tongue the way it kind of plays off of barbell but for anybody who does know what moxie means it really expresses and I think summarizes the journey really really well and also again the type of coach that I am and the type of energy that I bring to my coaching style I love that how yeah. you brought back this word that was yeah. used in the in movies back in the day. I know in like it what the fifties. <laughs> in the fifties, yes. You you're a moxie kid, you know. And, yeah. And, yeah, and, and so I I wanted to ask. I'm like, oh, is she using like the real term of the moxie or yeah. is it? Yeah, no, that's like, really where it comes from. That is astounding. I spent a lot of time on online thesauruses where I was playing around (laughs) with all kinds of different, I was putting in, you know, like all the kinds of words that I wanted and seeing what it spit back out. And as soon as Moxie got spit out, I was like, that's the one. But then again, that need for external validation, I was floating that name with people and people were like, well, I don't really know what that word means. I don't know if that's the best. And then I realized, again, it took me about two months probably to commit to it, partly due to the fear of, you know, other people don't like it. What if, what if they don't gravitate towards it? But then also if I commit to the name, that means I'm committing to this business being real. And that was really Mm -hmm, freaking scary. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. I, I love the name. It makes me really, really happy. Um, and yeah, it is, it is in the original form of, yeah, you got amazing. Amazing. Yes. I love that. Um, um, so we're going to touch on this real quick, but as she's this amazing personal trainer, coach, nutrition, all this stuff, but she loves baking. She does. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing, too, is, like, I think people are sometimes surprised to hear that because they think that because I am a trainer and because my life very much revolves around fitness that it means that I'm fitness 100% of the time. But right. I certainly don't expect that of my clients, and I don't expect right. it of myself. Right. I think everything in life is about balance, and mm-hmm. man, does your girl have a sweet tooth. So, yeah. yeah, we were talking about this the first time we met, but my, like, pandemic <laughs> hobby was... I'm a huge Great British Baking Show fan, like massive. I've seen every episode of every season probably 10 plus times. So I decided I was going to bake my way through the Great British Baking Show. So I had, I started like an Instagram blog called Outside the Tent because they bake in a tent on the Great British Baking Show. And it was kind of a a riff on, you know, outside of the box, but outside of the tent. And so, yeah, I baked my way through an entire season of the show before I eventually had to, you know, get a job in the like intense part of lockdown ended but I did right. for every anybody who's familiar there's three challenges on the show so you do like a signature and a showstopper and a technical so yeah I yeah. baked what I would have done if I was on the show and gosh it was so much fun I I had a blast with it I learned a ton mostly about my pastry making skills that's like my favorite thing bar none but yeah I love to bake and I use it as an excuse in a way I think to bond with people like when mm-hmm. I was working in offices I would always bake for people and bring stuff in yeah. I'll bake and yeah. bring stuff into the gym now I think baking is is like my love language <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so great and I I, I kudos to you because I have a hard time baking because it's so strict like it has to be to the T yeah on the on the recipe oh, um, I'm more it is fun I'm it's more so of the fun. savory like I'll cook so- salty you know savory stuff that's that's what I was doing in the pandemic I was like breads yes yeah don't t- tell me to cook bread so there was some kind of savory baking, stuff but... in there but yeah definitely the sweet stuff is more yeah. more my favorite yeah. yeah yeah so I definitely understand like I I don't have a husband but I will cook some elaborate two three hour meals for myself yeah and just to try something like oh I love that how would it how would it come out if I might right it's just that whole experimentation and 
being proud like yeah i did this yeah and oh no it is amazing. it is awesome to like you start from nothing these disparate ingredients yeah. and you pull it together yeah. and you create something really awesome and it is so satisfying when you get mm-hmm. to the end mm-hmm. of it yeah amazing um where can people find you yeah, for sure. So I'm all over the socials. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Moxie Barbell. So M-O-X-I-E-B-A-R-B-E-L-L. Um, I post a ton of free educational content on all of those platforms. So mm-hmm. in everything, fitness, nutrition, mindset, habits, and pretty much everything in between. Um, and then if you're interested in learning more about one-on-one coaching um, and scheduling a one-on-one consult call, you can check out my website, which is moxiebarbell.com, and you can schedule your free one-on-one consult call with me there and learn a little bit more about the business and the behind the scenes of what I do. Beautiful. And what I love about a, a authentic original name like that is that when you go get your website and all the other things, nobody has it. No, it's true. I do. I'm still working on the SEO piece of it, but I do luckily pretty much pop up right at the top of the Google search because it isn't that popular of a name. Yeah. Yes, yes. Beautiful. Goddess, I cannot thank you enough. And also for your grace and your patience while I was going through stuff, we had to reschedule a few times, and she's been just so understanding and flexible. I can't. This was worth the wait. Yeah, no, this was so, so fun. I'm really glad we got to do this, and I'm so glad that you're in a better headspace now and that we were able to to put this out into the world. So thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. No, it was so fun. So before I let you go, is there anything that you feel called to share to the listener that listened to your journey today? Yeah. Um, I had this insight actually on another podcast that I recorded a couple of weeks ago, so I think I'll echo it here because it's something that a lasting thought that has been left with me since I finished recording that is the idea that it's never too late. Um, I think that was something that was really Mm -hmm. like an underlying factor of a lot of my journey that I really felt for a long time that it was too late for me to do a lot of things. It was too late for me to figure out who I was. It was too late for me to change careers, too late for me to start a business, all of these things, which again, now looking back on it, I was 22, 23 at the time, it's comical. Even now I'm 27 and I still feel that sense of urgency, like I have to have everything figured out right away tomorrow or I'm gonna be, you know, everything's gonna go up in flames. But I think Uh realizing that, again, life is long, right? Knock on wood, your life is Mm -hmm. long and we're in this for the long game and you should be as happy as you can be for as long as you can be. So if you're in a place right now where you're not happy and you're not on a path that you feel called to, whether you're 22 or 82, know that it's not too late to decide to wake up tomorrow and do something differently. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you everyone for listening and expanding with us today. Um, I'm just always filled with gratitude for this space. Um, And always remember that the breath is a secret and always lead with love. And until next time, thank you all for tuning in. If today's episode resonated with you in any way, please subscribe to my podcast and share with anyone that may need to hear today's message. You can find me at Presently Aki on all social media platforms. Gratitude donations are also accepted via Venmo at Presently Aki. My wish for all of you is to find the courage and strength to start the path to self-love through mindfulness because you deserve it. Remember the breath is the secret and always lead with love.